0: This edition of How To Be A CEO is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine Reid, Founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year thanks to AXA.
1: There was a survey out recently that claimed half of people in Britain are too afraid to check their bank accounts, another symptom of the cost of living crisis. The coronavirus pandemic has passed us, but the effects are not. The economy is contracting, inflation's rising, higher than salaries, people are cutting back on spending. And this is the environment that T. S. O'Neill walked into when he took over as CEO at Monzo in 2020.
2: Offices were not open, but it was possible for periods of that lockdown when you could meet people outdoors so it would consist of actually you know walking in the park while discussing a big big strategic decision we needed to make so it was just working in whatever way that all of us learned to work during the pandemic.
1: Call it a challenger bank, call it a Neo bank, just call it a bank. Monzo's facing all the issues faced by our financial institutions and it is tough. The company's previous CEO and founder, Tom Bloomfield, stepped aside, admitting an overwhelming anxiety caused by the pressures of running the place, which now has nearly 6 million customers. So what drives someone to step up into a position that's always difficult and perhaps never more so than now?
2: I really wanted to be a part of reinventing banking I tried like hell to do that in the context of the existing companies that I worked in but there's a reason incumbents don't end up reinventing industries
1: I'm David Marlson from the Evening Standard and in this chat recorded over Zoom at TSNL's home we're going to be talking about the big challenges being faced by banks their customers and himself but I'm also always interested in those finer, smaller details about running a big organisation. Like how when he took over at Monzo, he was still in the US and his company runs on UK time. How did that work? So the, the first thing I wanted to speak to you about, obviously I was doing some research into this. And, and I discovered that when you started at Monzo, you were based in the States. So you were starting work at 3 a.m., what time did you get up today?
2: <laughs> I got up at seven in the morning today. So very, very healthy time to get up. But I certainly <laughs> spent months and months doing a ridiculous shift that began at two or three in the morning because I was working UK hours. So it was just crazy.
1: Why was it important for you to kind of adapt your own day to work for the UK company? Why not go, I'm the CEO, right? You're all starting
2: later on. <laughs> for starters, not just because it wouldn't have worked, right? So separate from how I feel about who needs to adapt to whom and the CEO needs to adapt to the company or the other way around, even separate from any of that, it just would not have worked. The the entire team was in the UK, we were in lockdown, everybody was working from home. So the good news was that it wasn't as though everybody was in an office in London, and I was sort of 6000 miles away, we were all working from homes. The only problem, of course, in my case was that I was eight hours of time zone away, And, you know, I had to be there. It was, you know, it was obviously a global crisis, the pandemic was, we wanted to make sure we were doing everything for our customers and taking care of them, we wanted to make sure that we would sort of taking care of our colleagues and making sure that the, you know, company remained on the trajectory that it was on. So it meant that I had to get up really early to work UK hours, I would have, you know, I started traveling to London once it was possible to do that. (laughs)
1: yeah were you quite happy when you got into london then and we could kind of live a more civilized life i guess
2: for sure even then though it was lockdown. remember so it was not offices were not open but it was possible for periods of that lockdown when you could meet people outdoors so it would consist of actually you know walking in the park while discussing a big big strategic decision we needed to make so it was just working in whatever way that all of us learned to work during the pandemic
1: Yeah, I mean, you did start in lockdown. Since lockdown, we've had the economic consequences of lockdown. There's been a lot of issues about finance and the finance industry and just trying to get through it. I mean, this must have been an extremely challenging time for you to head up a challenger bank, actually.
2: I mean, certainly challenging, but also very exciting because the foundations on which we were navigating through the crisis and building for the future were incredibly strong. We had a product that we had built, which customers deeply loved. We had an amazing team in the company that was as passionate about our product and customer as anybody else. And so it was an exciting time as well to build forward from that. Now, of course, it was a, you know, it was also a crisis. There was a pandemic and everything else that was going on, which meant that we had to make sure we were doing the right thing, right, as a business, as a company, for our customers, and each other. And navigating through that, you know, was certainly challenging. But you know, it's what they say about crises, right? They separate great companies from the rest. And we certainly emerged from the pandemic a lot stronger than we even entered it. Better capitalized, stronger revenues, more customers, more engaged customers. So, of course, it was challenging, but it was also a lot of fun as a team to sort of navigate through that and come out stronger.
1: Why do you think people, you, you talked about having more customers then. So why do you think people were thinking, you know, I, I need to switch banks at this point? What What is it that Monzo was doing to say, if you're going to switch banks, come to us?
2: Our mission has been about making money work for everyone. And it's one that we're deeply committed to, which means that we've built a product that really helps customers make sense of their money, visualize it, make good choices, and be on the journey to making their money work harder for them. And all the tools and features are designed to help you do that. So that stands as an incredibly powerful sort of proof point for what banking can be. And so as customers start to experience Monzo, it's easy for them to see how we make it all intuitive, how we make things easy, delight them with experience. And that's the journey that the product is on. Now, when you take the pandemic, when customers realize that actually, you know, that the high street branch isn't open anymore and they can't go into a branch and everything has to be done digitally... And then you compare the digital experiences of one bank versus the other. And we're light years ahead in terms of how we're helping customers. And the outcome of all of that is that, you know, in an industry where people, you know, banks and and companies pay, you know, 100, 150 pounds to acquire every new customer... Our growth has been mostly organic. We spend very little because the way we grow is because David's wife tells him, "I'm using my Monzo and it works like it works amazingly." And David, you should get a Monzo account. It will change your life and it will change your relationship with money.
1: And <laughs> relationship with my wife as well. <laughs> that too, that too. Do you think that the, though that you were talking about the, the kinds of things that people were looking for there, the digital experience because of lockdown? Did lockdown? force through changes in banking?
2: You know, I think the the longer-term impacts in banking will start to be visible over the next few years, for sure. Lots of bank branches around the country have shut down, as, as you can tell, on the high street as well. So I think there's certainly transformative things in banking. But for players like us, what it has done is it's given a real proof point to customers about how you can have a bank which is entirely digital, lives on your phone, and meet all of your money needs in one place, in an even better way than you could in the physical world, with delightful experience, with more tools at your hand, and the ease of managing your money in a way that is, you know, unprecedented, was never done before.
1: Is Bonzo still a challenger bank? Are you still separate, do you think, from, from those legacy banks, those big names that we have?
2: Yeah, you know, they're, they're all different labels. I think it's fair to say that the existing industry can consider itself challenged, by us, um, and because we've shown what's possible, we've we've raised the bar on experiences across the industry, and you know, friends and people in a, in the more traditional banks all tell us that that their boards pay attention. They're you know they're trying to figure out how they can they can play catch up as well. So I think we've certainly done the chal- the, the challenging the industry part of it. Um, you know, separate from the label, I think what we're out to do over here, what we're out to build over here, is banking the way it's never been done before for our customers. And for our employees, and we're sort of obsessed with that journey and raising the bar on ourselves. So the label is an interesting one; it's a point in time description of us, but yeah, it only does it uh, serves that much of a purpose.
1: <laughs> and have you found that people themselves are at this point more interested in the kind of finer aspects of how their finances are working? You know, we've we've got you know the cost of living has gone up are people really starting to look at their budgets? Are they starting to look at things like interest rates? Are they paying much more attention to how finance works? Because it's a complicated business, but are they doing that?
2: For sure, right? I mean, given the cost of living crisis, money and how to navigate through this, how to be smarter with your money is obviously on everyone's mind, right? Irrespective of your financial situation, people are thinking about what choices they need to make. Monzo has been about giving customers the tools to make good choices for them and being able to act upon those choices. We're helping our customers through the cost of living crisis because our product was designed to help you, as I said, make sense of your money, which would mean visualize it, understand where you're spending, understand what bills are coming up, understand you know a smarter way to borrow in keeping with what you can afford, right? adjusting your overdraft limits, all of these tools, I could go on and on about the long list of tools we have to help customers make good choices for them. And, you know, as we go into this cost of living crisis, it's clear that, you know, we were always designed to help people get, get you know, make their money work harder for them. And it's we're seeing usage of those features continue to increase as well. But, you know, David, it's important to us that we also don't rest on what we've already built. We're constantly thinking of what other tools can be put in the hands of our customers that will solve for their financial objectives. And, you know, I I say their financial objectives, because obviously customers straddle a pretty broad spectrum of what their financial needs are, right? There are customers that are vulnerable that are trying to make ends meet, right? We have teams that are dedicated to helping vulnerable customers. There are teams that are dedicated to helping customers in financial difficulties, right? So there's that's that's one part of the spectrum. There's other parts of the spectrum where customers want to be able to save or borrow for the needs that they have. And then over time, there are customers who will want to invest, set up an ISA, set up a regular, savings ac- a regular investments account so that they can put some money away and invest it responsibly. So we aim to meet all of those needs, David, as a single financial control center that gives customers visibility, insights and the tools to act on those insights. And that, you know, it's core to who, we, who we've always been, and it only becomes more relevant at a time like this.
1: Right, let's go to the ads. Maybe I'll check my bank account while they're on. If that's not something you want to do, perhaps you could hit your follow button on your podcast provider so you never miss an episode of How to Be a CEO. Back in a sec.
0: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up.
1: A lot of people listening to this show will be entrepreneurs, people thinking about starting a startup company. Maybe people thinking, maybe I could do better if I wasn't an employee and I I can be a boss myself. Is it a good time, though, to set up a startup company? Would you, if, if you had the opportunity?
2: I mean, there's no question that the macroeconomic context is challenging. right? The thing with these challenging times is that depending on what your idea is, I don't think there's a single answer, but depending on what your idea is, it can be a great time or it can be an incredibly difficult time, right? We know that in, d- during lockdown, which was, a, you know, economic and personal crisis of a different kind, you know, many, many, many businesses got birthed because of lockdown, right? As people readjusted their lives, made choices, found opportunities in what customers might need at a time like that and, and started businesses. So I don't think there's a single answer, but what was true always is going to be true even more now. Right. Which are some qualities that every entrepreneur or business person is going to need as if they're looking to start their businesses or even if they have existing businesses that, that you know, they continue to build out. I mean, you need an extraordinary amount of personal resilience. Right. You need to be focused on the long term and have the ability to ride the waves and storms as they come because they will. You know, you need to be full of positive energy to problem solve things as they come. And if it's your business, you need the leadership chops to be able to cushion your team from the storms as well. So the huge amount of personal resilience. And the second thing I would say is that product matters. What you're actually offering your customers matters because customers have continued to become more and more discerning with what they want. And ultimately, when times are hard, a great product will shield your business from, from many of the challenges because if you build that love with your customers and you're solving a real problem for them, you know it'll, it'll shield for many of the vicissitudes out there. And then I guess the last thing I would say is that, you know, know that you're building a business, face up to the realities of that. Right? Don't build a business, assuming free and easy capital. Right? Don't build a business that is, is not responsible in understanding that, look, it has to make a responsible amount of money if you want to invest in it. Right? All of that. So know that you're building a business and face up to all of that. Learn the skills that you need to make good decisions there.
1: And how important is it that those companies, how important actually is it that that Monzo looks after its own staff there? Because you were talking about people hiring people and working. You've said we're in this uh, cost of living crisis. There are issues there. Can, should a company pay more attention to how their staff are getting on financially?
2: Absolutely. I mean, for us, it's incredibly important that our colleagues, uh, you know, we do everything that we can to support them through the cost of living crisis as well. And I think you're already aware you asked me that, you know, before we got started about the fact that, you know, we've offered a thousand pounds of payments to our colleagues that make up to 40,000 pounds a year. We're constantly looking at that to see what more we can do. And taking care of your colleagues is is incredibly important, you know, at any point in time and certainly at a time like this. One, it's the human thing to do. Two, your colleagues are the ones that help support your customers. So, you know, it's important that we, we think through all of it.
1: Yeah, and, and I guess if you if you're not supporting your employees, then there is that risk that someone else will. I'd have thought. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a few things uh, uh, about yourself, and I guess that the, the first question there is: before joining Monzo, you were very, very successful. Why take on this role, particularly with those early morning disruptions? Why were you thinking, you know, this is going to be worth it? I'll do this for a few months, getting up really early. But what is it that, that said I want to run? Monzo.
2: It's a great question. Um, So, you know, I had my career up until Monzo had been built around starting creating new businesses in big companies, and doing that around the world. And I was blessed with a whole sort of fun and interesting, challenging opportunities that I, you know, that helped me learn a bunch of stuff and grow. But the unscratched itch for me, David, was that I really wanted to be a part of reinventing banking. I tried like hell to do that in the context of the existing companies that I worked in. But there's a reason incumbents don't end up reinventing industries, right? It's all well-documented and well-understood about how legacy technology, legacy mindset, legacy business models to protect make it very hard for incumbents to drive a sort of transformation of their own industries. They can incrementalize incredibly well, but they can't transform it. So that was an unscratched itch for me in all of the things that I had done before this. And then when I first met the Monzo team, what I mean, two things popped for me, right? One was this incredible mission orientation and mission orientation that wasn't about a mission statement that is a poster in the office, right? But a deep, deep DNA, which was about caring for customers, helping them solve real problems and building an entire business around that idea and doing it by delivering great products in the hands of customers. So I saw that this was very real. And it felt like this is the place where I could actually realize that dream of transforming this industry, of really showing that it's possible to build a bank that is built around its customers, that has incredible technology, product and design, which come together to create an experience for the customer, but is also a bank that can scale, that can serve millions of customers and, you know, continue on that journey to, you know, its its global ambition. So that's why Monzo, it, it, you know, it, it checked off a whole bunch of things that I'd always, you know, wanted to do, but wasn't, wasn't able to.
1: And is the ambition even more scaling up then? You know, you said you, you looked at the company and thought we can scale this up. Have you achieved what you intended to do yet? And, and what's left?
2: Oh, for sure. You know, in terms of what we've accomplished uh, thus far, we had six, you know, 6.7 million customers, right? And adding on average 100, 150,000 new customers every single month most of whom we acquire organically, who join us because they, you know, someone tells them about it or there's a network effect and someone says, monzo me the money. And they, they're like, what does that mean? And then they download the app and they say, wow. Right, so we're growing incredibly fast from a user's perspective. We're growing revenues incredibly fast. We're, you know, up to an annualized revenue of, you know, north of 350 million pounds already. And we're building this by serving needs of customers. But all of that, still to say that we feel like we're just getting started right as big as we are the ambition is global the ambition is to serve all the financial needs of customers so there's many vectors of growth for us we'll launch many many more exciting products that transform the industry in the coming months we will build out our global ambition and start to build out meaningful presence outside of the uk in the coming years and even in the uk right there's The number of customers that will benefit from having Monzo in their lives is millions. So there's plenty of growth ahead of us. So if you ask me, am I happy with uh, where we've come? Yes, I feel like we've grown incredibly fast. It's a great place to be at. But are we done? Are we satisfied? Not at all. There's so much more to do.
1: Something else that I was reading about you was that you've talked about how you began your career in India. And as an Indian man, you'd never faced prejudice for fairly obvious reasons then you come over do you still uh, did you face prejudice and and do you still
2: it's a great question and you know the context of of what i'd said earlier was you know someone someone described me as a person of color and it was intriguing to me because i didn't grow up with that identity i lived i lived where everybody was a person of color around me and it's a, it's a huge privilege to not think of yourself as different and to have your differences highlighted you know at at those formative uh, uh, stages in your life. So, but your question of have I, have, have I faced um, any version of uh, discrimination or any of that? Of, of course, right? In the long arc of time, you <laughs> encounter all sorts of situations and you will encounter, you know, you will have negative experiences and you will, you know, claw your way out of that. So, of course I do, but it's not what the stuff I dwell on, right? I think the world is hopefully getting to a better and better place and and the more we can showcase what good looks like, you know, as opposed to dwelling on what what isn't there and as long as you can continue to build forward build better um, I think it's great certainly it's incredibly important to me inside of Monzo one of our core values is help everyone belong which is this idea that everybody should be able to be their whole selves at work right and not have to put a piece of it away not have to pretend to be anything other than the, than who they are and you know in that value is in that you allow And diversity is sort of a natural consequence of a value like that. So it's incredibly important to us that as a company, we showcase what that looks like as well. And, you know, companies can transform societies around them. And that's, you know, that's a huge part of what Monzo's identity is.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you think about when you're, you know, investing in places, do you think about how we can diversify, how we can make... People more successful from other races, from you know that that kind of aspect, raising up female entrepreneurs, for example, those kinds of areas where there may be some more work to be done. I
2: mean, there's, there's clear there's lots to be done, right? We can do we can do more as Monzo uh, in, in, in in impacting society, and we keep pushing that forward. I mean, you know, it's important to us that everybody, right? Whatever your ethnicity or race or sexual orientation or or any of it you know, gets equal opportunities, right? And as we, so as Monzo, that manifests itself in like looking to attract the smartest, brightest people and looking for them wherever they are, making sure that we hire in a way that attracts the best, you know, the best people, whatever the uh, the other aspects of their identity. And it's important that we index in helping, you know, lesser privileged communities or lesser privileged uh, parts of society over time, get those opportunities. And we need to do our bit for that as well.
1: Let's do some proper hardcore selling. People listening to this going, why should I open a Monzo account? Why should they do it? And and can they do it like
2: right now? Sure. Monzo is the one place where you will be able to manage all of your money. As we aim to build a financial control center in a way that all of your needs for money, whether it's borrowing, saving, spending, investing, insuring, You will be able to meet all of those needs in a single place. And in doing so, we will help you build a relationship with your money where it works for you. Most people have anxiety as it relates to their money or they encounter the complexity of money. Monzo simplifies that and simplifies that in a way that you can understand it. Even in the way we describe a product to you, we don't throw fine print of Terms and conditions, but we actually help you understand what it is, what what the terms are, right? So we intermediate that complexity so that what you see is simple and that you can make sense of it, and and Monzo can be transformative, and you know the other thing I would say is don't listen, don't just listen to me, right? We got voted the best British bank earlier this year, right? So whether you call us a challenger bank or a neo bank or any of that, the important thing is we got voted the best British bank. Period. And what is exciting about it is that you know our customers voted us there, right? And and that that's that's an incredibly gratifying thing for us. And you know I've said this already that I still feel we're just getting started. There's so much more to do. And it will only get better. More products, more tools, more features. And we we're built around the ethos of giving you know do, doing the right thing for you, giving you the tools to be to make your money work and make good decisions. And that's the reason to come to Monzo. And by the way, this is not just for individuals, but we also have business banking, right? So to to the earlier discussion about people starting a business and so on, we get a disproportionate number of customers who are just starting out their businesses, open their business account with Monzo. And even for our small businesses, we give them the tools to manage their money. We give them the tools to, you know, for instance, set aside a percentage of their revenues to go into a tax pot so, that when the tax bill comes, it's already been salted away. So, features and tools like that will make this, you know, make banking a lot easier and more intuitive and exciting for you.
1: That was TS Anil from Monzo. For all the latest and greatest business news, interviews, and features, head over to uk forward slash business or pick up the Evening Standard newspaper. How to Be a CEO is back first thing Monday morning. I'd love to see you
2: there.